So it is really just a video world out there in terms of what marketers need. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Xenia Muntian. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Matt. Hey, thanks for coming on. And I wanted to read your bio quick so people know a little bit more about you. You're the CEO and co-founder of Planable, which is a content review and marketing collaboration platform used by over 5,000 teams behind brands such as Hyundai, Christian Luton, I don't know how to pronounce that one, Viber, United Nations. And prior to launching Planable, at 20 years old, you built a digital marketing agency that led social for clients such as Coca-Cola. I also saw that, weren't you in the Forbes 30 under 30 list? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> nice work. They need to have like a Forbes like 50 under 50 so I could sneak in there. I don't know if I'd make the list, though. <laughs> but every time I get older, I want them to make a bigger list. I Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you tell me a little bit more about Planable.io? Yeah, sure. Of course. Planable is a collaboration tool for social media teams to coordinate their content production for social media. So it really helps with planning with everything that happens behind social media, you know, all the steps that lead to actually publishing content on social, such as, you know, ideating, drafting content, planning it, reviewing it together as a team, exchanging feedback, approvals, all of that stuff, all of those levels and steps that happen before content goes out on social media. And we're being used by agencies, by nonprofits, by brands, small and medium-sized brands and enterprises from all across the world. And before Planable, I actually had a social media marketing agency. So I was our uh, ideal customer, our ideal user. And yeah, building my agency, that's how I learned about the issues and the struggles that people that operate in, in social media marketing face. And that's how I built Planable. Nice. And on Planable, you guys recently published something called the Social Media Teams 100. Do you want to explain what that is and then uh, so that people can go check that out if they want to take a look? Yeah, 100%. Social Teams 100 is basically like uh, Forbes 30 under 30, but for social teams. We basically celebrate the teams, the social media marketing teams at organizations that have grown in 2020. They have grown against all odds. 2020 has definitely been a tough year. And we're celebrating those companies that have invested, that have hired, that have grown their social media teams in, in 2020. And we're looking at also, you know, based on researching all of that and looking at all of those companies, we pulled together some stats on what the social media industry space, what the social media scene in terms of professionals and as a, as a, as a you know, generally the social media professional world looks like in 2020. So we looked at some of those stats, but more than anything, we wanted to just celebrate a, li a little bit those companies that have managed to grow their social teams in 2020. Now, there's a few teams on your list that have had some humongous growth. Yeah. Like Accenture. Uh, Galtech, yeah. GAO, yeah. Well, Accenture, they probably already had a pretty good team to begin with. Some of them, the growth is like 600%, 800%. I guess it's easy to grow 800% when you're 
you know, going from like six to 56 or something. If those numbers are small. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But it's different when you're Microsoft or something. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But even Microsoft, they had quite a big, you know, 10 plus percent growth in 2020. So they did hire quite a lot. And I think that makes a lot of sense considering how many products they have launched in the past couple of years, the acquisitions that they have made in the, in the software space. So it makes sense that they needed to expand uh, their marketing and their social media teams. So what do you think is, is driving this growth in social media teams? I mean, in 2020, I think there's a, a couple of explanations. A lot of the budgets from offline, from events, from traditional advertising have been switched to digital. Social media is a big chunk of it. So it made a lot of sense that people needed more headcount in the digital space since everything is happening on digital right now. So I think that's the biggest, the biggest factor that has influenced the growth in the social media space for sure. Now, media, especially well, social media, has kind of come under fire quite a bit in the last, you know, year and a half and stuff. Especially in the United States, with kind of all the election things and and yeah, the ethical side of it, yeah, yeah, the ethical side has has definitely been, and also the side for in some cases where you know people are pointing at it as as problems with people's depression or or you know mental wellness, but also there seems to be the number of social media apps that you can go to now seems to be expanding quite a bit. I mean, there was a lot of consolidation in the industry. Yeah. TikTok, Clubhouse. Yeah. Dispo. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's I don't even know what they are. There's like MeWe and there's like, you know, all kinds of stuff. But and some of them, I mean, most of the smaller ones you know, almost nobody has heard of, but that almost nobody is still like 20 million people. I mean, it's tons of people on some of these apps. Do you think that social media itself is kind of past the consolidating phase? Do you think it's gotten kind of more, it, it, it's going to get into more specialized apps for, for kind of different niches of people and stuff? Or do you think it's going to kind of still end up being all consolidated more again? I know that we're speculating, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think it it's cycles. I see it as, you know, cycles or, or waves. So I think now for sure it's going through a phase of niches and becoming more and more specialized. But I think this is phase. I'm sure that, you know, the more the more apps, the more new social media networks we have, there's gonna come a point where we're going to see conglomeration again between those new new ones that have appeared in the meanwhile. So I think it just I think it's just a, you know, it, it comes in waves. Uh, and now, particularly, we're going through that phase where there's a lot of new apps that specialize in in specific things. But I, I don't think that's just how it's going to be, you know, always in the future. I think we're going to see conglomeration again and then, you know, getting specialized in the new technology that is becoming more and more popular. Like, right, audio has becoming, you know, it, it has become quite trendy and quite popular in the past couple of years. So normally we're seeing a social media network in that space, you know, in audio clubhouse. But I think, you know, in a couple of years, we're going to see a bit of conglomeration. And then again, yeah, social media networks becoming more niche and more specialized. So, yeah, I think I th that, that's my personal point of view. But who knows <laughs> what's going to happen? 
Yeah, there, there always could be. I mean, the clubhouse kind of came out of nowhere for most people, and that was an interesting one. You know, it, it, I've said this a few times actually on the podcast. There was a an old app that was very similar to Clubhouse that was called Blab, and Blab was like a video interview platform, and it was kind of before its time. And uh, it was so it's got to be ten years ago now that Blab was out, and then Clubhouse comes out, and everybody's like, "This is all new and exciting," and I'm like, "This is exactly <laughs> the same as this other platform that a decade ago." You know, there's the whole history repeating itself thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about there's been some some updates in social media land, especially uh, for posting to social media. And the big one, I think, is that you can schedule posts on Instagram now. Yes, finally. Oh, my God. Uh, that that has happened. Uh, I think I think they released it about a month ago the api but the the story behind this is that it was actually they actually they were building the api and testing it with a few with a few partners for the past two to three uh, years if i'm not mistaken right before the cambridge analytica drama I, i remember they released the api or like launched announced that they now have an API for publishing. They, it's called the Content Publishing API. And they were supposed to publicly release it to all developers in a couple of weeks. So that was 2017 or 2018. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure when. I don't even remember when the Cambridge Analytica happened. But then this scandal happened and they had to, you know, work on the APIs and review what you know, what's happening with data and with privacy and probably the content publishing API wasn't their number one priority anymore. So they uh, they just launched it and I think at the end of January. And yeah, tools like ours, like Planable and a bunch of other software companies out there finally could integrate Instagram and, and help, you know, millions of, of marketers out there to finally streamline the way they do publishing on, on Instagram. Nice. Yeah, what a pain in the ass that's been for the last forever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't do that much social media work at our agency. Usually it's something that we've kind of wrapped in with other services that we do for, for clients. But there's lots of strictly social media agencies out there. One thing that I didn't notice is there seems to be this kind of coming together of Instagram and Facebook like and WhatsApp as well. Like Facebook seems to be pulling all those tools together and you can see that because like publishing tools is slowly being like phased out and creator studio is being phased in on facebook and that's a tool that's not ready to be <laughs> public but it's already being rolled out it's also being rolled out against your will by the way which i'm not a big fan of you know some of my accounts you click on publishing tools which was working fine and then They're like, you have to use Creator Studio now. And I go to Creator Studio and the thing I need, it doesn't work. You know, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> annoying. So, I mean, obviously a social media tool, you know, like Planable is, is going to solve those problems because it already functions, unlike Facebook's own tool. But what are some reasons that someone would want to use Planable for their business or for their agency versus any other tool that they could use? I mean, first of all, if you're someone that is managing social media just for yourself personally or for a small for a small business and 
it's a one-man show, meaning that you don't collaborate with anyone else. It's just you creating those posts, you publishing them, you planning them, everything, you're in charge of everything. Then you probably might not need a tool like Planable or, you know, any other uh, publishing tools out there. You still might benefit of, of scheduling and automatic publishing, but... I guess you could use the Creator Studio, and especially if you just rely on Facebook and Instagram, the Creator Studio could do the could do the thing, could you know do the job. But if you publish on other platforms, you know, such as Twitter or LinkedIn or Google My Business, if you're a, if you're a local business, then you can't do that obviously through the Creator Studio. So you need something that is more it integrates all the platforms. So you could potentially just use some kind of scheduling tool like uh, Buffer or maybe Hootsuite. But if you're an agency and you manage clients and you need to present your work to them, if you need to gather feedback from them and approvals, if, if there's a lot of planning involved, or if you're a team at a, you know an in-house social media team and there's a lot of people that take a look at the content that is being planned, you might have some other stakeholders that need to check it out give feedback, approvals, all of that, it's usually pretty hard to coordinate and orchestrate this entire thing and and just a scheduling tool, almost impossible. There is no workflow, there is no approvals, no way of exchanging feedback. So that's, you know, where Planable actually comes in handy. And that's that's the pain that it solves. Uh, When there's a couple of people or more that are involved in the process, we really can can help a lot. Yeah, collaboration and approval is such a uh, difficult situation without a tool and not just for social media. I mean, for just about anything, project management, you know, sales, all those kind of things. Agree. Yeah. So in, in the social media world kind of, is there anything that you're seeing happening like a shift in, in the types of things that people are posting or the types of content that they're posting? I know you can't like look at all your clients posts and stuff, but is there, you know, I don't know if you have some kind of aggregated data or something that, that is telling you that people are starting to do something differently. No, we actually don't track, uh, uh, you know, their activity too much just for the purposes of potentially figuring out if they have any errors or if they have, you know, to just improve the performance of the app. But otherwise we don't really do anything with that data in terms of insights and intelligence. It's a conscious decision that we made to not go into the analytics space whatsoever and either provide analytics for our customers, but also not, you know, do any big data stuff as well. Once because of privacy and second, because, you know, the analytics part where we don't provide the services because we wanted to be the best in the in the collaboration and, and, and planning space. And if we were to develop any data analytics services or modules or, or functionality inside Planable, we felt like we would be becoming more and more Sprout Social or, or Hootooth or, you know, those other social media management software. So we wanted to be the best at the collaboration and planning side. I mean, your tool looks great. <laughs> Thank you. I really like the calendar view on it. It's sharp. And I, I mean, I've used a lot of tools, I'll be honest. We've tried, I don't even know how many. And yeah, I, I really like the approval system and the workflows and stuff in there. Do you think that, is there any kind of platforms maybe that you see as becoming more popular that, you know, clients and, 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 or enterprises and stuff are starting to use more than they used to? Is there, is there been a shift, you know, maybe less posting to say, you know, 
Instagram and Facebook and more posting to like TikTok and Twitter or anything like that that you've seen any kind of shift? I know you don't have the client data on it, but maybe just from your own experience. Yeah, we did a survey recently because we were looking at, you know, we currently currently support Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram and Google My Business. And we sent out a survey to our uh, to our users to ask them, you know, what other platforms would they like, you know, Planable to support in, in the future? And obviously YouTube was the overwhelming one. And then afterwards it was it was really TikTok. So Pinterest was, you know, more at the bottom of the things. It doesn't seem like, at least our specific audience doesn't seem like is using Pinterest that much nowadays. But TikTok was big and it just, you know, looking at the data and the other questions that they answered, it seemed like it's moving more and more into the video space, you know, the YouTube and the TikTok. And people were asking IGTV and Reels for Instagram. So it is really just a video world out there in terms of what marketers need. The IGTV rollout wasn't the best that Instagram and Facebook <laughs> did the first time. I was like, why didn't they just add a button? Like, why did it have to be its own separate app to start with? What a, I don't know. I, that one <laughs> seemed like really poor judgment, honestly. I'm like, we've got this app that has millions of users. Let's make something else called the same thing, but put it in a different app and tell people to go download that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just a terrible decision. So if somebody has a, a, a team, right, or they, they have an approval process that they need, what's the best way for them to kind of get started with Planable? Do you have like, is there a trial for it or something like that that they can test it out? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So they can go to Planable.io. That's P-L-A-N-A-B-L-E.io. And we actually have a free plan uh, that is, it's a bit limited, but usually it, it works pretty well as a, as, a, as a free trial. They can test the product for 50 posts. And then when they hit that limit, they can decide if they want to upgrade or not. So it's not a time-based trial, but basically they can play around with the product as, as long as they want. And yeah, I know that we actually have, I think, a coupon for your podcast. So we prepare the coupon for whoever wants to give Planable a try. Whoever is listening to this podcast and wants to test it around, we have a coupon that is called Marketing Masters 30. So Marketing Masters 30 altogether. And it's a 30% discount for three months for Planable on any paid plans. Starter, premium, whatever you choose, you've got 30% off for three months. If you are buying a paid plan, on Planable, it says that it's there's like a number of workspaces. What's what's a workspace? <laughs> yeah, so a workspace is basically a project. So if you're an agency, a workspace, a workspace is a client. It's a space for one of your clients because you want them to be private and separated in, in different spaces. And if you're a brand, it might, if you're you know a huge brand, you might have different brands and different teams that work on, on different brands. So you need, you know, again, separate spaces or you might separate your your uh, your team and, uh, you know, you might separate your planable account into different regions. For example, one of our companies is using us and has different workspaces for Europe, for North America and so on. So it's really just private spaces dedicated for different brands or for different clients. And I think another use of that is, you know, some industries need to be multilingual, right? Like if you're in Canada, there's two official languages, whereas the U.S. is only one. So in Canada, some brands need to come out with stuff in English and French. And I mean, I've seen some pretty bad 
hacks for people trying to do that you know like you see posts on on like they'll have one twitter account and it's all english but they'll just post the same thing in french so like they have two posts at a time every single time it's just not a good way to do it just have a french account people or the restrictions on facebook you can use audience restrictions based on the language of that people use you know through their browsers so that could work as well <laughs> It's true. Is there? A, I assume there's different languages for YouTube. I don't even know, honestly. Yeah, me neither. That's. I just. I was like, well, if I'm gonna post to the YouTube. <laughs> so anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because we just opened another. Uh, <laughs> our company has another office that we. Yeah, we just opened in Canada. So, you know, now we're starting to look. We have a client who needs stuff in more than one language, and so now we're trying to do that. And most of our stuff in the U.S. was English and Spanish, and you know, now we got to add French, and I got to try and remember those French classes I took in grade school for <laughs> ten years. So I digress a little bit. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think would be important? No, I think we covered everything. Perfect. So if people want to reach out to you to get more information about Planable, what's the best way for them to do that? If people want to learn more about Planable, they can just go to our website, planable.io. Or if they want to ask me any particular questions, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn. So you can send me a connection request there. Uh, let me know that you heard me on this podcast and I, I'd, I'd love to connect with you. Sounds good. And also, if you do go sign up for a plan, remember that they made a code Marketing Masters 30. I'll get you 30% off for your first three months of paid. And thank you for doing that for our listeners. And it's planable.io, and we'll have that in the show notes. You can always get the show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast or below your podcast player in the little notes section that you have to open up that nobody ever reads. And <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've pretty much covered it here. Senia, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me here, Matt. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.